You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Monday, everybody. How y'all doing? How y'all feeling? We are so excited that you're here because we have a special guest today. Very excited about that. Um, Is it? Dang, it's not February yet. It's Aquarius season. By the time this episode comes out, but it is not February yet. Um, best month coming up soon. So get get y'all Black History Month stuff together um, in early celebration. <laughs> that sounds like a hotel. This is not a hotel podcast. <laughs> FYI, we're going to celebrate with our Black Queen guest today. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is I'm going so off script. Um, how's everybody doing? I hope you're doing well. I'm feeling good. Carly, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty wonderful. Um, I feel like. The beginning of the year has already been a lot, but I'm excited. I feel like really great things are happening this year mm-hmm. and looking forward to everything that's coming. Ray, how you feeling today? I feel good, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel I had a very horrible year last year. Very rough, just lots of bad things. But <laughs> like this year, I don't know. I just felt like it's going to be good. Can't get any worse. So <laughs> can only get better. <laughs> Look, baby, after the end of the year I had, I feel you 100 percent. So Lexi and I did an episode maybe a month or so ago, a little longer called The Streets Are Calling. And we both discussed how we wanted to be more social and ways we wanted to expand our social lives. So cue to me meeting Ray. Um, I got invited to this Netflix uh, Christmas party with by one of my friends. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to go, but I'm but I went. And I got to meet Ray and she was so awesome. I was like, bro, you have to come on the podcast. So here she is. Ray Benjamin is a writer on The Witcher on Netflix and served as a co-writer and co-executive producer for an animated film on Netflix. She is the co-creator of the animated web series, Jaleesa Who. She is repped at UTA and Redefine Entertainment and decided to transition into screenwriting after a career in graphic design. During her transition, she created In the Cut, to help bridge the knowledge gap and spread information for Black and Brown creatives. In January 2022, the first In The Cut live event sold out in only a few hours. And since that date, the In The Cut community has grown to more than 8,000 artists and filmmakers across the globe. Ray's goal is to provide vital information and create inclusive spaces for people to network and build with one another. Wow, that's great. That's so impressive. Thank you for being here, Ray. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been in the industry? Um, since uh 2018. So I was a graphic designer for a long time. Um, I mostly worked at startups, uh, doing like web design, uh, UI sort of design. But I always loved writing. I went to an arts high school as a kid for creative writing, actually but I didn't really know how to make that a career. So Mm -hmm. I started just wrote for fun. Uh, I didn't take it seriously, but at one of my jobs uh, as a designer, the girl that sat next to me actually wanted to be a screenwriter. And so I befriended her and she was the one that told me like how to actually do this. Like you can get a job as a writer's assistant and here's how you go about that. So I think once I actually had a roadmap of how to do it, then I was like, okay, I'm going to take this seriously. And 
basically quit my job and <laughs> tried to be a TV writer. And it, luckily it worked out. Um, I, I decided to do that. I remember it was January 2018. That was one of my New Year's resolutions was to get a job in the entertainment industry, even though I didn't know anyone in the entertainment industry or how I was going to do that. But by October, I got my first um, job as a writer's assistant on Bridgerton, this first season of Bridgerton. And then since then, I've had jobs. So, yeah. That's great. Hey, where are you from originally? I'm from L.A., actually. Mm. So and I you have no here. excuse not to. Uh, no, people but in the I industry. feel like <laughs> people that are from L.A., like I'm from a regular person in L.A. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No yeah. one in my family famous or anything like my family works at the DWP like they don't know anything about this so mm. and that also inspired me to start my business in the cut because I was thinking like if I'm from LA and I don't know any of this information mm. how hard is it for someone that moved just moved here or thinking about moving here and they can't find access either and that sort of spawned that idea Yo, shout out to your coworker who gave you the roadmap and kind of inspired that, like not gateholding nothing. She was opening doors and putting hands out. That's awesome. She's great. It's funny because she decided that she didn't want to be a writer anymore. Actually, she's the one that told me how to do it. We were sort of reading each other's scripts and she was like, yeah, I don't care to do this anymore. And we're still friends to this day, um, but she's a photographer and <laughs> she's living her best life. <laughs> that's how it is sometimes. And that's why I asked where you're from originally too, because I think a lot of times when it comes to um, the industry and jobs in the arts, a lot of people, they A, might just not have exposure to like, like we all watch TV, but we don't think about how many different types yeah. of jobs there are, like really are like, there is a grip somewhere who's getting paid millions and all they do is lay the tape down on set every day, you know? Um, and people don't really know about those things. And also, you know, there's a lot of people, I know a few people who are writers, things of that nature. And it's like, with so many people who can write, like, how do you get that chance to actually, you know, be in the right writer's room? Um, and with these creative types of jobs, it also seems like you almost have to have like a track record to be able to like get certain jobs. So it's like, where do you, you know, like, how do you even get started? Um, so if you if you could, how would you and even if you just give like a synopsis, how would you relay that advice that you were given or like what that roadmap looked like? Um, if you think that that's still applicable for others who may be listening now? Yeah, I think that there's so much advice out there about the actual craft of writing, like, how do I write a script? But there are infinitely less information about like how do I actually sell a script to a tv uh, to a tv network how do I become a writer on someone else's show to your point I didn't know that like screenwriting was a real job until I was in college like that and I watch tv all the time but like you said you just don't process these things you just see it you're not thinking behind the scenes like how is this going on and so I think the greatest piece of advice anyone told me was that if you want to do something make friends with someone that's already doing it and at the time I didn't really understand it I'm like oh that's stupid <laughs> but it's actually the best advice I've ever got because 
especially to be a writer, like these jobs are not publicly posted. It's not like you can go to indie.com and like apply to write on Gray's Anatomy or something like that's not how it works. So you really have to know people who are already doing the things that you want to do, similar to screenwriter she taught she told me like Harry there's fellowships you can apply to like every network has a fellowship that you can just submit a script and be accepted and learn that way you know you can become a writer's assistant you can become a PA she told me all these jobs because if you don't even know the information to search for like you know you can't really google things unless you can put in the keywords so I didn't even know like what a writer's assistant was so I wouldn't have known how to be one because I didn't know that was a thing to be so I I suggest like going to events especially in LA I think we're lucky to live in a city where there are so many events and uh, most of them are free <laughs> you can just meet people like I went to an event um last month it was like deadline festival contender festival for like all the nominees for upcoming awards it was free completely free and open to the public I think and like there was a buffet like a free brunch there was all these panels <laughs> with like 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 Jerry Bruckheimer who produced Top Gun like all these people are there and all the you're in a room full of people that are interested in the same things as you are there's so many events if you live in a smaller city where maybe you don't have access to those events you can find stuff online like Variety does a lot of amazing panels with people that are online for free anyone can just sign up you can take you know a, a online class like my company in the cut we do online classes but Sundance collab does great re online classes there's script anatomy there's a writing pad like there's so many online resources where you can meet people who are currently doing the things you want to do or are on the same path and, and want to do the things and I think that's just really important is finding other people who already know the path that you can learn from. That's super important. And it will fast track you so much. Like, cause everybody, well, let me not say everybody, but I feel like a lot of folks try to like find their own way. And it's like all that stumbling when you could just get more um, information about like, what does this actually even look like? Get more information about where to be, et cetera. Um, so in that space, right? If you're somebody who is kind of fresh in the game and interested in being a creative, let's say a writer or, or in the industry, and you find yourself at these events or in these spaces, what would you say is the best way to go about that? Like those conversations or the networking, like how should you be prepared? Um, what should you kind of, what's your approach with that? Yeah, for me, I, it's funny because I tell people to network a lot, but I also hate the term networking. Yeah, I feel like everybody does because yeah. it just sounds like, ugh, like just have a conversation. Sounds, yeah, exactly. That's how I think of it. I think when you are thinking of networking and people approach me like this and I hate it. It's like people are always trying to figure out 
what you do, what you can do for them, um, approaching you not on a genuine level, but just because they think they can get something out of you, uh, being very forward. I don't like that. For me, I think of it as building relationships and not a transaction. Like I don't treat people as something I can get something from. Because at most of the time, say you're looking for a job, most of the time, the people you meet probably can't even offer you a job in that moment anyway. So it's like, you're, you're approaching it that way. And they probably don't have a job available in that second for you anyway. So I approach it more as building relationships, bonding over genuine things that you both happen to like, uh, talking about things that aren't really related to the industry as well because I think especially if you're someone in the industry you're just getting bombarded and approached by people begging sometimes mm -hmm. or and you just want to be treated like a, a person you don't want to be objectified like anyone else like I compare it to say if I worked at Foot Locker or something I had access to the new Jordans, some random person comes up to me on the street and like, hey, give me a discount on them Jordans. No, like, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I could, but why would I do that? It's the same if some random person comes up to you like, hey, get me a job. I don't know you. I don't know That's your, terrible. <laughs> your track record. I don't know anything. Like, why would I just get you a job and I don't know you at all there's people I actually do know that I'm trying to get a job like I'm not gonna mm -hmm. get you random person a job so I think just approaching people wrong and like approaching people on a transaction do this for me sort of basis rather than approaching people from a genuine space of connection that's why I just view it as like making a friend like how would you go about making a friend I think that's the same as making a contact in the mm -hmm. industry yeah my friend just got back from Sundance and he was he's like Lex like man, we turned up so much. And like, I was able to connect with people so much. And it was interesting because his stories were all around. Um, he's like, yeah, you know, I was talking to this lady at, um, I forgot which agency, but it's like, yeah, we were talking about, you know, I saw that she was pregnant. My wife is pregnant right now. We were like bonding over different things. Uh, and she was like, oh, I think I follow you on Instagram. And so that way, like, because he's, you know, able to kind of show like some of his life and it's not just all work um his community service and things she's like oh I saw you did some community service things and so he's like their whole conversation was around everything else but also it's like that shows that you're a good person he also noted he was like I felt like I could tell that because everybody in rooms was like oh hey like saying hey to him or like they kind of knew him from social or whatever that now other people are paying more attention like oh everybody respects and likes this guy he's a likable person um and so it, it really goes a long way just to like not try so hard and, and just to have conversations. Mm -hmm. But also I think something that probably holds people back is like, well, do I have to have a reel? Do I have to like talk about like my experience and those types of things? And do you feel like you, a person has to get themselves to a certain, you know, certain things checked off or certain things done before they even try to like network or, you know, is it expected that you should already be at a certain level if you're trying to ask for a job um, in the creative industry like that? 
That's a great question. I think it depends on what job you're trying to ask for. Obviously, if you're trying to be a director and you don't have a reel and you're like, oh, let me direct your movie, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, because that's done. You don't have any proof. <laughs> but it's astonishing. I meet so many people that claim to be writers and don't have any scripts written. I would say probably. A, a shocking mm. like 50% mm-hmm. of people I meet are like oh I'm a writer and then I ask oh can I read something you wrote oh well actually you know uh, I, just I have some, some friends ideas. like that too <laughs> and they said they got an awakening they were like oh I actually need like I want to be a writer but like to be yeah. a writer you need to take time to actually write something so that when somebody asks you have something to show exactly so I do think it depends if you're looking for an entry-level job I don't think you have to have those things. Like if you're trying to be a PA or an assistant, mm-hmm. you don't have to have those things. And I think it might be great for people that want to be in the industry. They might be interested in telling stories, but they don't know exactly what they want to do. I think honestly, too many people are focused on being directors and actors and writers and they're probably that's not what they're meant to be (laughs) like there's so many other ways to tell a story like it reminds me of a friend of mine who was very gung-ho saying she wanted to be a writer but she hated writing and I was like Mm. how can you claim to want to be a writer but you don't actually like to write you don't like to write anything and she's like well I just like to give feedback and all these things and I talk to her I'm like maybe you want to be an executive right. actually right. that's a whole nother position you want to shape the story you want to have input and you give you give great advice but you don't actually like writing so you don't have to be a writer there's another path for you and that sort of opened her eyes so I think because you know those above the line acting uh directing writing gets the most attention writing honestly gets the least attention but like of those three above the line things I think people focus on that so much and maybe they would be better served being an agent or a manager or a producer or an exec or or an editor or work in post like there's so many things you can do so I feel like I recommend people if get being a PA on set is an excellent opportunity because it just allows you to see so many different departments and learn things. So I think if you're just starting out, like being a set PA is a great option. But if you are, you know, looking for more advanced jobs, I think you do have to have a sample to your point. A lot of people say they're writers, but don't write. So all the networking in the world won't help you if you don't have anything to back it up. You can meet Steven Spielberg. He's like, oh, you're great. Uh, mm-hmm. I love you. Can I read your script? <laughs> you don't have it. So what, what was the point? So I think it, it goes sort of hand in hand for me. I think working on your craft is equally as important as networking. Definitely. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's kind of wild, but I think we really do that to ourselves sometimes in certain areas, like you want to be this thing, but then you're not actually doing the work. Um, And I'm glad you talked about some other ideas in film and ways to be a part of these crews, because when her friend, when she was talking about came on the podcast, um, he was talking about grips and all that. And I was like, yo, what, what, what language are you speaking right now? Like, it's a whole other world. I can speak it now. I know about you you flow with it, but it's, it's (laughs) to y'all's point, like, you know, watching TV and, and being behind the scenes is a lot different. 
Um, and so I think that, you know, like you said, PA, do you have any other um, careers in entertainment or spaces that you think the audience or like someone who wants to be in entertainment, but maybe doesn't know could check out or yeah, should look I into? If you're young and in college, like do internships. I always tell people in college, like internships are the best way to, to learn, to get into companies. Like, I don't understand people who, I know people that are in film school and don't have internships. And it's like, you're not taking advantage of this situation because you can learn so much, see so many different aspects and, and choose what you want to do. I also think there's just so many different types of companies you can work for. Like you can work at a production company is very different than working at like a huge you know, network or studio. Um, you could even work in advertising, like that's very creative. I was a graphic designer. Um, I worked at ad agencies. We had copywriters who wrote our commercials. Like that's still a creative job, even if it's not in the entertainment industry. Um, there's just so many different things you can do. And I think sometimes people get caught up in like, the the flashing lights <laughs> but uh yeah there's just so many other opportunities you watch the credits I just went to go see Avatar and the credits of that movie it was I'm like what <laughs> how many people the CBS receipt you could be somebody uh, assistant and you'd be in the credits like yeah and it was <laughs> you gonna I get think, your credit I think um I was I was at a screening so like some of the filmmakers were there and I think they said over I can't remember if it was two or 3,000 people worked on the movie. Like, that's insane. <laughs> Thousands of people. So it's like the people that are the actors, director, and writer. That's probably like mm -hmm. 20 people out of the 3,000 people that worked on this <laughs> they movie. They had a it's lot like, of like yeah. um, the video effects and like all that yeah. post stuff. The post was probably yeah, sure. the, the craziest part for that. Um, my next question for you, Ray is from your first um, kind of writing job to where you are now, to what would you attribute um, your ability to continue in the space and to get be successful um, outside of like just the networking, but even if it's within your skills, something you've been doing when you're in these different positions, um, how would you talk about like staying in the game and progressing? Yeah, I honestly do think it, a lot of it does have to do with networking because every single job I've had has been a direct result of someone at my last job. So like being a writer's assistant on Bridgerton, that was one of my first jobs. I got that job because the showrunner's assistant, we had a mutual friend that I had helped out with the project. So I'm not even that close of friends with this person that recommended me for the job, but because I had helped out and she saw that I was good, she recommended me for that job. So I worked on that show. Then when that show ended, one of the writers from Bridgerton recommended me to be an assistant on The Witcher. So I was a script coordinator on season two of The Witcher. Um, that show ended. I was a script coordinator on a show called Our Flag Means Death um, on HBO Max because of like a recommendation uh and then my boss from the witcher called me back up and was like do you want to be a writer on the show so I had to quit that job and go back to the witcher but it's all just networking like I never applied 
for any jobs. Like people reached out to me and was like, do you want this job? And that, and that is the strength of networking and also just being good at on top of your craft. Like I think a lot of times people want to start up at the top. That's what I see a lot of people don't really have any experience to your point might not even write a script but the first thing out of their mouth is like how do I sell this show to HBO and it's like well that's not really gonna happen and I I, I feel like um I feel like there's just a certain level of entitlement disrespect I don't know when it comes to creative fields that you don't ever see in any other fields like I would not watch a basketball game and be like oh I've watched basketball therefore I can be drafted to the NBA <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense but people are like oh I've watched a movie therefore I can write a movie <laughs> like no I think probably that goes into just not even like that shows that you don't you're not educated enough in like the space to even really know all of that which then is like okay it kind of signals to somebody like you got a long way to probably go um, to even get in the game. So that's a good point. And it sounds like what you were saying too, that I like is, it's almost like not just networking, but like being good with your craft, but also being somebody that people like working with. Like they probably mm-hmm. like working with you. You're probably, you're probably easy to work with, um, you know, actually get things done. Like all of that stuff goes a really, really long way. And you're right. It's once you're in a position and you actually like the people rock with you, then you're always going to have like somebody you can chat with or, you know, somebody who has you top of mind uh, for the next opportunity. So um, kudos to you for being that girl, because apparently everybody, <laughs> everybody needs <laughs> you on their show. Um, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you. I want to ask if you have any interesting stories um, from like the writer's room or the back end of like some of these shows. Like, is there anything interesting you're like, that you see or that happens or um, for those who are like, wow, what happens, you know, in the back, back end of these? I feel like writers, it's funny because like everyone acts like it's so mysterious. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of regular, like basically how I describe a writer's room is just a long ass meeting. <laughs> like that's what it is like an eight hour meeting every day like literally we just meet every day and discuss story about what's gonna go into the show um I think what shocked me the most just coming from a more corporate like working at advertising agencies versus the industry is that it's very personal that's one thing like especially as a writer like they're hiring you because of your personal experiences and what you can mine from those experiences to add to the story. So it's like when I was a graphic designer, the job interview would be like, oh, do you know how to use Photoshop? Can you use Illustrator? Yes, I can do these things. It was very technical based, but like when I had my first interview, even to be an assistant, it was like, so tell me about your childhood. Where did you grow up? <laughs> and I was like, mm. what? It was just very. Right. They need to know if you got some stories <laughs> to tell. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we need it some material. Very... Yes. It was just very different. The approach, it, it was just very low key, relaxed. Like people come to work in sweatpants. Like mm-hmm. it's not formal at all which was kind of jarring to me as someone who didn't who had not worked in the industry before just like the lack of formality yeah I bet that was different okay so 
putting it all together. So used to be a graphic designer. She even told me she was programming some apps. So Raiden did a lot of things um, and then decides to, you know, switch into entertainment. Along this journey, when did you like start? When did you decide to start in the cut and what kind of what inspired that? It was pretty early, actually. Um, I had the idea. So my first job in the industry was in 2018. I got hired like October of 2018. I would say probably like a few months later, I had this idea just because, as I said, I, I found it so hard to find information about how to get jobs that are not publicly listed. It's all sort of word of mouth. And I just didn't understand why everything needed to be so secretive. <laughs> that was my whole thing is like, why can't we just tell people information? It's up to them what they do with that information. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we can tell people, <laughs> like, I, I don't get it. So after, um, I worked on Bridgerton. It, it sort of went through different iterations. At first, I I just threw a party and it was like a networking event of all these different people that I thought should know each other. Like and now I knew professional writers because I was working on this show. I met pe- other people that were assistants and I had a bunch of friends who wanted to get into the industry but couldn't couldn't find a job so I just had a party and sort of brought everyone together and the feedback I got was like oh this was really cool you should do this again so I was trying to say like okay how can I do this again and so that's when I started in the cut and it was a live event when I initially started it and it was sort of presented not as a typical panel because I go to a lot of panels and I find some of them are not helpful because the panel should be for the people, like (laughs) the people that come. And a lot of panels are organized where it's like some usually other famous person is on stage talking to them. And then there's 10 minutes for Q&A at the end. And then you leave feeling like I didn't get to talk to this person. So my events, I organized it where people were sitting like in conversation with people and they rotated every 15 minutes. So everyone actually got to talk to whoever was on the quote unquote panel. Um, They also got to talk to each other. It was all good. COVID started, so couldn't do that anymore and shifted to doing um, online events. But I feel like as soon as I got some information, I wanted to share it with others. I started in the code before I was uh, staffed. I was still an assistant and I figured, I don't know. I just like, just let the people know. (laughs) Right. So would you say that in the cut is like a, um, it's a community or like, are people members of it? Um, Yeah, I would say. Um, Yeah, because I initially started as a live event and it sort of morphed into other iterations, I would say that it's a a platform, a training resource for people. We offer classes on writing, on networking, on a variety of topics with currently working professionals that are all people of color to uh, give people the tools that they uh, need to find work and establish a career. That's awesome. And then I also, Carly was talking about you having a podcast as well. So can you talk about um, Prestige and how that kind of accompanies like all of this? Yeah. So I have a podcast called Prestige that's set in 1813 Haiti. Um, It's a scripted audio drama that follows this young seamstress as she sort of 
brought into the life of being a, a royal a nobility person and just the drama and power struggles that go along with that I was inspired to write that because I just um, didn't really see many historically accurate representations of Black people that weren't like trauma-based, slavery-based. And so we have such a shining example of Haiti, who was the, the first Black Republic to overthrow its oppressors, abolish slavery, establish their own form of nobility. And it's all true. And so we based it on historical, you know, accuracy, but it's also fun and a good time. And uh, I wrote, I co-wrote it with my friend Al, who's um, Haitian and grew up in Haiti. So we Al, just, who? Al Plancher, Planche. I feel like I know him. Oh, so you're you're Haitian too, right? No, no, I'm not Haitian. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. Okay. That's cool though, because um, Haiti is like a, a really cool story um, and history there that is more like rebellious and like strong and empowered. So I do like that a lot. So this is a scripted podcast. Yes. Oh, cool. That okay. is so cool. I guess because I'm so used to like thinking about yeah, like, our, our podcast and everything. Yeah, but you're right. I am. Um, I actually there's a few scripted ones that I like, and they can. And I even had one of them was my a client of mine. It was like a period piece from 1940s. So those are really cool because you can really like, you know, get the conversations and the sound production, all of that. So that's really cool. I'll have to definitely check that out for sure. I'm about to say, your interest was peaked. I was sitting here eating up everything you were saying about it. So I'm, yes, I haven't I listened to one yet. So I'm excited, like a scripted one. Yes, please listen. Everyone that's listened has really liked it so far. We independently produced it. You know, we initially conceived of it as a TV show, but mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, it can be hard to get certain types of shows made. <laughs> so yeah. that's um, the same thing that happened with the other one. Um, because they wanted it to be a TV show, everybody was saying no. They made the podcast, which then got like 20 million listens. So now NBC and everybody's like, oh, what's up with the show? And it's like, oh, okay. Like, unfortunately, you got to go through all that. But, um, you know, I think the biggest key is like really create that good community around your craft and around uh, things that you make. So that's awesome if you have lots of folks who who support that. Well, we don't have 20 million. Um, so Not yet. <laughs> Look, you get that social pop. I'm about to say, well, it sounds like even with this, it sounds like the the underlying theme is building an authentic community and, you know, in your passions and in the things that are so important to you. And it's so funny how, you know, we interview all kind of amazing, successful people. And it's always about building relationships. Mm -hmm. It always boils down to being true That's to yourself, doing about. the work, taking the action and building relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. People, you can't do anything alone. I feel like there's this weird mentality where people are like, I did everything myself. No one can like, no, you mm -mm. didn't. Like, you didn't I don't think. <laughs> mm -mm. Yeah, you're right about that. And if you did, it was probably not as great as it could have been had you had other people helping you. Mm -hmm. Can't be the only person in your writer's room. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we appreciate you, Ray, for being on with us. Um, my interest is so peaked in like looking um at all the resources you can provide. A lot of my friends are in the industry, so like definitely want to check all of that out. Um, we want to shout you out at the end of the episode. Tell us and the listeners um, how they can support you. Like, what are the websites that they can go to? Um, of course, we know like y'all subscribe to uh, Prestige, the podcast, but um, where can people find you? 
Yeah, you can visit inthecutla.org for all the resources, upcoming events that I'm doing. Um, I'm doing a summer writer's retreat in August. So if you're interested, you can sign up for that. Uh, follow also on Instagram at In The Cut LA. My podcast, Prestige, you can search on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. You can also go to prestigepod.com um, to listen there and to get a list of all the other places. I'm doing an event um, in February at LMU, um, a Black History Month event where we're going to do a screening of the podcast for the students and then discuss like the historical context with the professor after. So I'm really excited about that. If anyone wants to attend that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and, I was like, yeah, we'll link all that. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, for me, it's just about supporting in the cut, um, lifting other people up. I don't need any personal support. <laughs> shoot now somebody be like well i need you uh to run this show you never know <laughs> hit up ray <laughs> maybe maybe but yeah oh watch the witcher also that will help me <laughs> yeah i wrote it down i have it in my phone um one of the I started it. one of the episodes that she wrote in season three. Oh, um, cool. yeah i have the exact one though so i'll tell you that I haven't seen it yet, and I'm not going to ruin season it for people. Season not out yet, so. Oh, we're oh not. never so mind. She, first just of all, kidding. she lying. Dang. See, you can't. No, I did tell you that. It's just yeah, not. She... It'll be out sometime. I don't know. Soon. Yeah, that's so all like... Oh, I thought you were saying one. you no. watched it. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I just wrote it down. Like I said, I, I have uh, a whole note in my phone that says, Ray, watch this, watch this. Oh, like, that's cool. told her I was going to support. Um, yes, thank you. No, thank you so much for sharing your journey and for all the work you're doing for creatives, um, you know, and opening those doors and making things more transparent and accessible. We end every episode with a question of the week. We're going to be quick with it. Um, tell us about one of your favorite adventures you've had internationally. Oh, internationally. I really, I went to Bali with, um, uh, my friends and family a few years ago and that was an amazing experience so beautiful we stayed at this one place that was like in the jungle in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and it was just very peaceful and I'd love to go it's nice to get off the beaten mm -hmm. path yeah I like if I go somewhere I just like to be amongst the people mm -hmm. you know see how they mm -hmm. really live not just always be at the resort or something same I like to experience the culture Lexi you got a quick one yeah, um, I would say 2017 in Croatia. Um, it was nighttime. Me and my friends were in the city. We broke into a castle. Oh, um, what? Well, everybody was in this bar. We were like, dang, that looks fire up there. And we went up to this like castle and it was clearly closed off. And we saw these cameras. And then I thought I was in a video game. And we were like sneaking, like, oh, we found a way to get in. And we was all up in there, like running around. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. That was only a few years ago. <laughs> I'm not saying mine real quick i climbed a mountain um in peru outside like in machu mm. picchu um but i had food poisoning so it was a whole thing but i yeah. made it no i was good baby but yeah um yeah so what's an adventure um y'all check the show notes for all of ray's links we appreciate y'all